0: What's up, Buttercups? This is Nate, the commissioner of Taco Court Fantasy Football League with another podcast. Uh, yes, first thing, couldn't get out of the way. I want to apologize for the delay in putting out the podcast. Uh, this thing's been in the hopper for about a week and a half to two weeks. Um, I'm not even the one who edited it. So thanks to Tony Cosentino. He hit me up and was like, hey, I'll help you out. Um, so he did all the editing for it, came out really good. Um, I guess truth be told, I've been struggling personally for a couple of weeks now. So, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a rough one. Uh, I deal with a lot of, uh, severe depression and anxiety. So there comes these waves of times and things that happen in life where I feel kind of paralyzed and glued to the bed. So. Um, I want to thank Tony for taking the time to edit the podcast and help us all out um, to get some of this word out. Um, Yeah, Yeah. just been kind of a rough one. So uh, we got another four podcasts that are in the hopper that I should be able to get out by the end of the week, maybe. Um, So we'll shoot to do that. There's a... About a four-hour one with a mutual friend of the majority of the people in the league uh, his name is dc kind of a self-made man um everything kind of thrown against him the stories we talk in there we just kind of had a conversation and it lasted for a very long time i think you guys will enjoy that i think there's a lot of value in that podcast as well so once i get through that um we'll get it out there um you could Pause, subscribe to the podcast, rate review, share with your friends. get some of that word out there. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, other plugs go check out Tony's podcast for the league that he runs it's fifty eight West King podcast. Uh, it'll look like a crown um, on the on the the podcast picture It might be under fifty eight w King. Let me just look up 58 W King, it should be in there. Um, probably about 40, 50 episodes or so by the time you're hearing this. Uh, it's pretty fun, it's pretty good. He puts a lot of work and time and effort, and um, so go over there, support that. Also, started a new one called Champions Dynasty League podcast. What we did there was we took four different fantasy football leagues that we all kind of commonly share. Not everybody's in every league, so there's a bunch of people that we don't know, but we took the top three teams from every league and starting or starting up a dynasty um, with the top three teams from four different leagues to see who is the best out of all of the people that kind of know each other or have heard of each other. Um, we talk about all the different leagues with the, each other, so... Um, good competition there and we figured the best way to do it would be in dynasty format to see who could have the best success over a long period of time that draft just started yesterday Uh, we're in round two so we'll probably be putting out some mid-draft podcasts and stuff the primers up there so you can understand the the format, how we came together, the teams that are involved, our thoughts on the league and everything like that. Um, so go check that out. Subscribe to both of those podcasts as well, wherever you get your podcasts at, whatever your app you're in, podcasts. Uh, listen to them, rate, review, subscribe it, share them with your friends, um, and whatever you guys want to hear out of all the podcasts. Just go ahead and leave a review and um, let us know what you think, kind of things you want to hear. Uh, And therefore, in this episode, I got to speak with James Michael. Nobody else in the league other than Clint really knows him. We share some mutual friends because him and Clint are best friends from childhood. Um, Came into the league his first year and won a championship. And everybody was like, what the hell? Because he barely slid into the playoffs. Um, But he's regressed. Um, back to where he belongs jab jab so we went into him and Clint's pseudo marriage their love life with each other a little bit about his upbringing where they come from um touched on a little bit of wrestling uh, James is a marine as well or he, he was active in the marine corps since separated um so he's our only marine that's in the league Um, so hear a little bit about that and just get to know the guy a little bit, how he became in tune with the sports teams that he likes. And, um, yeah. And I think the, what he spoke about being grateful for, um, was really cool. You know, get a lot of people that kind of just open up about that kind of stuff. So that was, that was really cool to hear, um, and be a part of, um, hope you guys enjoy the podcast we'll try to get the other ones out here you know when they can get out um but yeah thanks for being here thanks for listening really appreciate it um and we look forward to your feedback so uh without further ado let's get into the episode Nate, host of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast, here today with somebody who I may be talking to for the first time ever. He believes we talked before. I don't remember. He said I may have been intoxicated. Highly believable. James Michael. How you doing, man? I'm
1: all right, man. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, So let's hop into an introduction. Uh, Clint is really the one who brought you into the league. So I don't think anybody else in the league really knows you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your name, age, where you're from, family, kind of what you do, what you're about.
1: All right. James Michael, obviously. I'm 32, living in Augusta, Georgia, same area as Clint, electrician for a living. And I'm originally from South Bend, Indiana,
0: Nice. Is that, that's how you guys ended up knowing each other was a friendship from before?
1: Yeah. uh, Clint and I met in the first grade actually. Oh wow. And then we were, we were about maybe 20 minutes away from joining the Air Force together. And then the recruiter bullshitted me. So I walked over to the Marine Corps and (laughs) our paths split for a while.
0: How'd you enjoy the Marine Corps?
1: It was all right, man. You know, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Yeah. I definitely
1: probably had a really bad attitude growing up. I was a real shithead. So uh, it definitely probably instilled the discipline I needed. Uh, it was a lot of bullshit i'm not even gonna not even gonna lie about that
0: (laughs) no no doubt i think we all feel that about every every branch of service that we're in we've got guys who are i don't know if we got any army in the league we have somebody who works for the army now but he's prior air force but most of them are air force prior air force or my brothers be in the navy beforehand too so it's kind of cool to see all the different walks of life and the different branches and stuff and everybody kind of you know you have different things that you you deal with and go through and be able to share them and say, Hey, we deal with the same shit just on a different level so
1: yeah most definitely
0: yeah so what'd you what'd you do when you were in the marine corps
1: oh uh, logistics actually okay loading planes and ships that kind of stuff made load plans played on a computer a lot a lot of solitaire
0: yeah you'd learn how to do the whole like draw really good with microsoft paint
1: <laughs> no, no i can't say that i did
0: okay i have a lot of buddies who are like in the marine corps or the navy and they're all the one everyone that had like a desk actually had to do stuff with the computer and not like only like body demanding jobs they said oh they learned how to do in the navy or the Marine Corps was how to draw with Microsoft Paint.
1: No, I just learned how to eat a lot of crayons. That was about it.
0: There. What's your favorite color?
1: Green. Definitely green. green okay <laughs> reminds me of the skittles
0: <laughs> so our story how we met like we have a lot of people i think that we know together but mm-hmm. i don't know if we've met in person yet or anything like that so
1: yeah, i don't think so i know that we both know tom yep definitely tom clint brandon i know all them i know you know all them
0: yep you have any uh stories about any of those guys that you can maybe throw out there for the people to kind of <laughs> understand the people that we kind of hung out with what it's like or even something about Clint that the people don't know.
1: Ooh, man! I'll get in trouble here.
0: Something to trash him <laughs> because he bashed you hard on his.
1: Oh, did he? Damn. Yeah,
0: he, he uh, wants to change the narrative from "fuck Clint" to "fuck James."
1: I saw that. I was <laughs> wow. That's, I haven't done anything wrong. I just stumbled my way into one championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really don't have any good stories. Uh, I mean, besides growing up together, we always got into a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, I always lived on the other side of town, the poor side of town, while Clint lived in the rich side of town. So there you go. You could hate <laughs> more on him for that.
0: Oh, definitely. I was always
1: grounded growing up because, like I said, I was a shithead. And he he always got everything that he wanted, it seemed like. He always had a new video game system, so I'd always be over at his house raiding his video games and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Did Clint wear a school uniform to school? Did he? Was he one of those? kids? No, oh.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, okay. He'll claim that uh, he prevented me from getting my ass kicked first year school because I talked so much shit to all the older kids. Yeah. Which is probably true. Mm-hmm. Shit.
0: We were talking a little bit about um trying to link up. He had talked about um how Notre Dame and Navy are playing up here in Annapolis this year if the game plays because they moved it from Dublin. So if it does play, he's talking about coming up and linking up with Tom and those guys. So but I told him to I want to go down there. I'm a Dodger fan in baseball. So I want to go watch the Dodgers play down there at Sun Trust against the mm-hmm. Braves because I know him and Brandon are Braves fans so i don't know who you. Know. i am too you are too okay yeah. so that'd be that'd be kind of cool like like i'm into baseball baseball is my favorite sport so uh yeah that to make that whatever drive it is nine hours or whatever it's no biggie for me so it wouldn't be too bad
1: i'd have to say as far as the whole notre dame thing fuck notre dame uh, <laughs> i would definitely be cheering for navy in that scenario
0: you're so i, I you're grew so up as a michigan
1: state fan go I'm green sorry
0: man i'm sorry <laughs> Is that different? Like, um, so Clint was talking about how, at least in the pro sports arena in the South Bend area, it's like you have all those different teams around you. So there's not like just one like group of people who like everybody's Lions fans or everybody's Bears fans and stuff like that. Is it different for you being a Michigan State fan growing up in that area? Because I assume there's not too many like Michigan, Michigan State fans around that area.
1: Uh, there's actually probably more U of M fans than there are Michigan State. Yeah. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even know how I really started cheering for Michigan State. I think part of me was Clint and I both loved the Dallas Cowboys We both loved the Braves and then something had to be different, I guess. So, yeah. uh, all my family around that area was Notre Dame and I just. It, I never took to it. Yeah. My dad is from Kansas. So he was always a big, uh, Kansas Jayhawks fan. Okay. I couldn't, I could never, uh, tag on with that one either.
0: It, it goes with like, your, uh, you're a little kid mentality too. Cause like Notre Dame's like the prestigious uppity school, Michigan mm-hmm. acts like they are.
1: Michigan's like Fuck that, Michigan.
0: Michigan's like that. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, Oh, what's that fucking movie Grown ups, I think it is right. Like Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. Chris rock and all those guys when they're like trying to relive their like younger days. And they, they get up on that, like, uh, cliff and they're gonna do that jump and all these other guys like the dude from twilight and a couple other dudes are up there and they're like oh, oh, oh like frat boy like that's what michigan reminds me of i fucking hate yeah. all those guys
1: i hate their whole fan base if ann arbor was on fire i probably wouldn't piss on it
0: i <laughs> i work with a guy who went to michigan uh he's a civilian mm-hmm. guy and he every day he has like a fucking Michigan polo shirt or something you know and he's like I'm like fuck like you look the stereotype he's actually a cool dude except for the fact that he likes Michigan but but yeah so he's got all that shit on his desk so I like oh, I gotta bring in my Notre Dame crap and make this place look decent so <laughs> So did you always grow up watching sports or anything like that, or did you get into it around a certain age that you remember? And then like your favorite teams, and then maybe a favorite player to current past.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I grew up same as Clint. You know, like I said. Uh, I think a lot of it was growing up. I kind of wanted to emulate him maybe a little bit, being yeah. younger than he he was, being a year back. So I picked the Dallas Cowboys as my team, just like he did, and and the Braves. Um, as far as like favorite players and stuff go, you know, it's football. Uh, Emmett Smith um, was a huge one. Michael Irvin. I loved the triplets back then in the 90s. And then, uh, you know, the Braves, I always emulated uh, Greg Maddock. So when I played in uh, middle school and high school uh, baseball, I I didn't have a cannon for an arm. So whenever I'd fuck around, I'd always try and, and throw like dirt crap junk pretty much yeah
0: yeah i got to see him pitch one time i think it was 2003 he was a dodger at the time and they're playing in the division series in the playoffs against the mets they were doing that's been they were doing like three game series and he pitched against the mets on in game three and the Dodgers ended up losing or whatever but I just thought it was awesome because I finally got to see Greg Maddox pitch because growing up you know the Braves were always on TV so it was like if I wanted to watch baseball because I'm from like the Sacramento area so we didn't even get Dodger games up there uh, it was always like the Giants or the A's but national you'd watch like WGN to watch the Cubs or TBS to watch the Braves so you know those were like John Rocker days and all that kind of stuff you know like made you want to just run out of a bullpen full speed and all that kind of david stuff.
1: justice Andrew jones and fred yeah. mcgriff they should have won more more championships than the one yeah it always seemed like they squandered it away
0: yankees were there too though so that was like the prime of the yankees so <clears throat> uh so once you get into fantasy sports probably about
1: three years before i joined this league um okay. i played in a couple of just like free leagues mostly on yahoo and stuff like that and then i think the year before i played with you guys i had another buddy of mine started one up and uh I won that one fairly easily. It was like taking candy from babies. Yeah. It it was so easy. Um, Do you have a... Sorry, go ahead. Looking back, I thought I was really ready to join this league. And then, you know, after I won the first year that I was in it, I was like, well, this is going to be a fucking cakewalk and now I haven't had anything since. (laughs) So... And really that team that I had, you know, really shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. I think I went on a little run there at the end, uh, won three games in a row or three weeks in a row, and then uh, snuck into the playoffs by like the skin of my teeth from there, just went on a run and Clint got eliminated. I think he had the team that year. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to remind me of that.
0: You won the final three weeks (laughs) and then uh, like you skimmed in by the point differential for the sixth spot. So you finished seven and six, got in by like a couple points and then ended up, running the table so that's how my first championship went too and uh i think there was one other one that happened just like that too where it was like whoever was the sixth seed or something was make was winning the championship so just having the right guys around the right time uh do you have a favorite format that you like to play in fantasy football like ppr half ppr standard anything like that
1: probably just definitely straight ppr yeah
0: what is it about it just like the high scoring
1: of that and you know i don't know i've never really played any of the other formats just always have played ppr so it's i guess just what i'm used to
0: yeah yeah i think it allows a lot more ability for everybody to be valuable to any roster we've talked a little bit about possibly moving the league to half point but then a lot of people this is their only full point so kind of like to have some of the difference there and everything like that too so cool have you played in any other formats like um uh, where they have like auction drafts or is it all just like snake draft like we do snake
1: draft i think i uh, buddy might try to set up an auction one. And then uh, it fell through. You couldn't get enough people that wanted to, that were interested enough to do it.
0: Yeah. I've been looking at that lately too, because I like fairness, I guess, like who are the better players overall, you know, and not, not based off of who you have on your roster, but how you manage it, you know, and you can get that out of like those snake drafts. But I think it's really competitive when you, when everybody has the option to get a CMC or a Saquon Barkley and how you build out the rest of your team. Like there's so many different ways you could do things that it makes it pretty fun, but it just takes a lot longer you know you don't want to change to something like that if everybody's not going to be all for it because it does take a little bit more time to research and understand how to like how much a player is really worth and how it affects the rest of your roster so but something i'm really interested in but we'll see definitely not something to bring up this year but maybe next year start talking about it and stuff uh so you are one of the teams that made it into the champions dynasty league being a top three team within our league so that's based off of so there's four different leagues that joined up. Three teams from each league represent each league within one Dynasty league. You accepted the invite really quickly, you and Clint both. So representing Taco Corp will be you, me, and Clint. What are your kind of thoughts on Dynasty? How do you feel about it? I feel like it could be a lot
1: of fun, definitely. Probably, you know, you have to manage your rookies, you know, figure out each year how you're going to handle who who you're going to pick up and, and that kind of stuff. But beyond that, I'm just looking to win another championship.
0: Huh. There you go.
1: It's it's coming. I feel it. It's coming.
0: All right. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> nah, I've never played Dynasty before either. I've really interested in it. Like I really, I'm really fascinated with learning like anything new I can learn, whether it's fantasy sports or real life stuff or whatever. So um, I'm kind of excited for it. And knowing that it's like top teams from three other leagues also is, is appealing to me. I was telling Clint that a lot of our friends, we all know each other. So we're kind of like mixed into leagues together. So while there's only three people representing this league, there's seven people within the whole dynasty that are from Taco Corp as well. I'm gonna claim that even though I'm not allowed to claim it, but Uh, It's nice knowing that we have really good competition within this, within our league. So that's one thing I really enjoy about it. All right. So now we'll get into some of your uh, league information, your stats. So you joined the league in 2017. We talked about your first year. You won a championship, going seven and six. And it's kind of been fluctuating since then. So we'll go through. You've played 39 games throughout the three seasons that you've been there. 21 wins, 18 losses for a win percentage of 53. Uh, We'll call it 54. We'll round up. So that's about midway of the pack there. Your points for you average 130 a game. That is seventh out of 12 within the league. Hmm. And then that's with active members of the league. And then because we've lost two beforehand, your points against are 127.13, which is the softest of any team in the league. That is 12 points behind me, who has the roughest schedule (laughs) of all time. And then two points off of the second to softest one there. You've made the postseason two out of your three leagues. You have three wins, three of those coming from your first playoff. Mm-hmm. run for a championship and one playoff loss so being that uh, you lost in the first round, the other mm-hmm. year that you were in the playoffs, no scoring titles for the regular season. And then, but you don't have a sacco. So that's something that's good to, good to put out there. Yeah.
1: No, uh, no Jaeger and mayonnaise shots for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty Not gross, <laughs> man. It looks so disgusting. He said it didn't taste as bad because he put it down really quick. Like he throated it. Mm and didn't really, I don't think think he let it really touch his tongue too much. But I know Wayne's got to do one. Um, Once I get on here with Nick here shortly, we'll see what his punishment is. So that'll come out on the podcast. I would say that Clint said that his biggest rival is you. One, because you guys are really close friends. You also live together. You won a championship your first year. And that was two years after he won his. And then a year after he got robbed by me because Zeke Elliott got benched at halftime by Jason Garrett. Uh, So I won by less than a point. So he should have went back to back. Zeke would have stayed in but. I won that one, then you, and then me again. So, uh, what do you have to say for your performance so far and being a part of the league? Uh, being
1: part of the league has been really fun as far as my performance. For sure, you know, like you said, I snuck in there and won it. And then after that, it's kind of been up and down, made the playoffs, the playoffs. So, it seems like I draft a lot of injury-prone players and then I scramble to try and replace it but everyone is so on top of their game in this league that it's kind of you know you don't know any secrets that no one else knows just how it kind of seems so you'll go and you'll try and find that sleeper guy and he's not there because someone else saw that your guy got hurt and they snagged him right up
0: yeah <laughs> you know his
1: backup or whatever
0: and then you get a guy like me who'll grab the backups back up just to right. just to be safe
1: <laughs> so hopefully uh i can stop my infatuation with drafted injury prone players and get yeah. back on track.
0: That usually helps. <laughs> 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 All right. So we'll get into some um, couple little fun questions here. So you know how to play fuck Mary Kill? Oh Jesus, yes. All right. So we're gonna do some fuck Mary Kill. So we'll say fuck Mary Kill. Clint, me, Roseanne Barr.
1: Ooh, definitely killing Roseanne Barr. Okay. Hmm. Probably to say pretty much a marriage with Clint, so we've been around each other for so long. So I guess I'm fucking you, man.
0: Nice. Do <laughs> you like to be rode, or do you like to be in control?
1: Uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a pitcher, not the catcher.
0: Okay, that works. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I take big shit, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so something I like to ask everybody is something you're grateful for.
1: Um, you know, everyone likes to say, you know, fuck Clinton and everything. I'm definitely grateful to him because uh, before I moved down to Georgia, I was going through a really hard time in my life, and he really kind of helped pick me back up and was a really good friend during that time and still has been really. So definitely grateful for him.
0: So I like asking that question because I think I always feel like, um, like there's so much like negativity in the world that we end up forgetting the fact that like, there's actually things that are really good, you know? I went through some really bad like depression times and stuff like that. Kind of lost sight of like some of the greatest things that are in life when you're like in a hole and stuff like that. So I always like asking people like what they're grateful for. All right, favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Die Hard. That was Clint's favorite Christmas movie also so you guys are definitely oh, married <laughs> 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 oh shit all right uh favorite wrestler
1: Ooh, um probably undertaker or kevin nash growing up i loved kevin nash
0: kevin nash
1: back in the the uh the nwo days yeah the red and black yeah
0: oh the wolf pack days yeah all right most embarrassing story about myself yeah
1: hmm. and put me on the spot uh,
0: <laughs> have you ever shit your pants as an adult
1: no i have not I've been around a guy that that did we were out <laughs> playing football and they threw the football to him and he jumped up to get it and when he came back on he got the the really wide-eyed look on his face <laughs> <laughs> um draw a blank man that's
0: all good uh do you have any shows that you are currently watching binging or binge worthy shows that you could recommend to people
1: uh i watch a lot of history stuff so anything that has to do with that really haven't started anything new i am waiting on the when the wheel of time comes out oh, uh, okay. that's and they're shooting that right now
0: what um looks like is there a certain era of history that you're really into
1: mostly uh ain't probably ancient history yeah and then uh Really liked, uh, you know, around World War II, Vietnam, all that kind of stuff. It's just really interesting to see how, you know, different it was.
0: I always feel weird saying this, but I'm like fascinated with the Holocaust, and like that's like a really interesting time and thing that that I just find like a lot of interest in like learning about. So I have like a bunch of books that are from the Holocaust that I've been reading lately, and like I watch a lot of like documentaries on like Nazi Germany and Hitler and how all that kind of took place, right? And uh, mm-hmm. just that how all that happened, like they were just able to take over, you know, sixty percent of Europe essentially. Yeah, you know, and then like how different the world could have been if they. Did it invade? Russia when they did at the time and or the Soviet Union, whatever they're called at the time. You know, if they would have done things a little bit differently, like, you know, the whole world could have been German or that whole area, like Europe could all be Germany right now if they would have done things differently. So but just how easily they can like sway people and the tactics that they use and stuff like that. But it always feels weird when you go into Barnes and Noble or something like that, and like I always feel bad, especially now in like July beginning of July in 2020, when it's like everybody so easily calls people people Nazis so if you're like in a bookstore looking up Nazi literature <laughs> you like yeah give you fucking weird looks <laughs> you're just walk, walking around with a book with a swastika on it and it's like no like I just like this era of history <laughs> like learning about it
1: You know as far as like uh, books from that era I bought it I think about a year and a half ago uh, it's called a helmet from my pillow uh, by okay. Robert Leckie and okay. it's um it's about his uh, he was in the Marines he joined the Marine Corps and it's about his you know island hopping pretty much and they also tell his story in the little HBO thing that uh, I think it was Spielberg and, and Hanks did, uh, the Pacific. He's okay. they, they like they like tell his story uh, from his book in that, and that's really good too. Uh, but he gets into some of the details about how that war in the Pacific really was. You know about how Japanese were not willing to you know give an inch. Yeah, you know, and they yeah. pretty much take everything from them, and then you know not only that, but they were fighting all the diseases and crap that the jungle you know throws at them. Yeah. Very eye opening. Yeah. How much more hardcore they seem compared to you know today's you know I don't know that's how I look at it. I think they they were more hardcore than uh, today's military even.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's like a select group that of people that are really hardcore, but I think most people aren't as committed. I guess you would say. To doing the work and stuff like that, or understanding like what like a, a real threat would look like and you know, being prepared for that. So I get that too. I just I'm reading this book right now. It's called A Man's Search for Meaning. It's by uh Victor E. Frankel. Uh he's like a doctor, like psychologist or whatever who was in Auschwitz, and he talks about like the power of positivity while in like the world's most like inhumane era, being in like the worst place that's ever been on planet Earth, essentially at least in our recent memories, you know, Mm -hmm. and how that helped him get through like the Holocaust and stuff like that. And then I just got another one in the mail today. It's called um, The Two Who Survived. It's about this girl. They're Jewish and their families all got like separated and stuff, but they ended up going to Auschwitz as well. And she talks about her and this other boy that's from a, like a friend family or something that ended up surviving and how they stuck together and like how she gets sent to the gas chambers. She got put in line to go get gas as a, as a little kid, like under 10 years old. And she got put in line like three or four times and somehow like escaped and got out of the line and survived and stuff like that. So like the odds of those things happening. um, But her book is really dark. This other guy's is pretty dark too, but it's not as like, um, it's more, on how to help your mind through like difficult situations and stuff like that so yeah it's pretty good i kind of get a lot of my book recommendations i'm into like military history a lot so Mm -hmm. i get a lot of my book recommendations from choco podcast i listen to that one a lot so all right any questions for me in the noah commissioner segment
1: uh bring back defenses i think that's the only thing that i would say
0: bring back defenses (laughs) why do you like defenses?
1: i don't know maybe it's just what i'm used to I think I was like the only one that voted to keep the defense special teams. I don't know.
0: Would you be opposed to individual defensive players? Like if we did three defensive linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs?
1: No, I think that could be fun to experiment with that.
0: Yeah. I like that idea a lot better than team just because there's so many variables in team that like the averages don't average out as much, right? Like you could say that, okay, this guy's probably going to get somewhere around 140 tackles, 150 tackles a season, right? Right. You can predict that, but are the fucking... I don't know who sucks are the Arizona Cardinals going to score two defensive touchdowns by fluke you know at the end of a game going against second stringers and end up with 12 points on the on a fantasy day when they lost by 30 or something like that you know
1: I think if I recall that year my first year in I picked up the bears defense i think it was actually you that had dropped them yeah and uh yep. i think in that championship game they actually kind of clinched it for me by scoring like 20 something points
0: yeah that's why we got rid of them no just kidding i don't know I, I always hated defenses everybody else liked it i think when we look at it like you know where you draft a defense really doesn't matter you know you can wait till the end you can put it at the beginning but you can never really tell. Like you know, one one injury to a middle linebacker who's so key, you know, changes the way the entire defense plays as opposed to just individual players. So. Yeah, cool, man. You have any uh parting words or any shots you want to take at people in the league or blanket statements or things you're thinking about for people to ponder?
1: Hmm. All right, let's uh let's change the narrative all over again. Um, okay. and we're gonna go with fuck Tony.
0: Fuck Tony. Why fuck, fuck Tony?
1: Tony? Uh, just because he fired shots at me. So yeah. Got to fire back.
0: (laughs) All right. He's always the first one too. He's always the first one. I think he has a real big identity crisis. Like he doesn't know what he really wants because um, he's partial Mexican-ish and like kind of Italian, but he's conflicted because he grew up in California, but he really loves marinara sauce. And those two like styles don't really mix. Like, you know, you don't have pasta noodles in Mexican food. So it's not like, you know, you got to pick and choose, kind of figure out your ways. So Definitely,
1: definitely probably can't put marinara on your tacos.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's fucking gross. Uh, But he has a podcast for his league. He runs a league called 58 West King. Uh, That podcast is available on all outlets also. So I'd encourage anybody to go over there, subscribe to that, follow it, whether you do Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, wherever you get your podcast, But it's pretty funny. There's probably like 34, 35 episodes up right now and go from everything from fantasy sports, real football, betting over unders. He has us talk a lot on there. We talk pop culture, comedy, real life stuff, parenting things and stuff like that like there's a lot of dads in that in that league as well so it's pretty funny so Fifty Eight West king podcast i'd encourage everybody to go check that out we just did an episode 34 with matt graham and him and um, the whole premise was the fact that me and matt met through tony and we've actually become really good friends and we've never seen each other or anything and we just kind of met through the podcast and doing some fitness stuff together online and um, the, so the podcast is basically about us becoming better friends and separating from tony so it's pretty funny but his, yeah his podcast is pretty good too so you go check that out all right you got anything else for us no sir all right man i appreciate your time this is fun it's good to get to meet you get to know you a little bit i'm sure everybody will like that because uh most of the people do know each other so we got these like little i think probably like 75 percent of the league knows each other so now the other parts are kind of separated so i think it's fun for everybody to get to hear from each other all right dude well Definitely. hope you have a good night i'll uh, see so you grinding on that apex legends or whatever the fuck you play oh yeah yeah i was seeing you plugged into that yeah i don't know if you watch college basketball but grayson allen he's play for duke he's a big apex legends guy streams on twitch so
1: fuck grayson allen fuck duke Go nope. Michigan State
0: you are tripping that's a good (laughs) (laughs) all right dude we'll get out of here uh thanks for coming on appreciate it hope to hear from you soon all right man talk to you later all right man